This is Isaka's Page 2 Podcast. Hello, thanks everyone for joining us today. I'm Kyleen Harrison, Senior Manager for CMMI Professional Practice. It is my pleasure today to be with Ali Pabrai. He is with us today. He's the Chief Executive Officer from EC First Incorporated, and he's written some articles recently about CMMC. We're very excited to have some time with Ali today. And uh, before we dive in, I have some questions for you, Ali. But before we dive in, can you just give everyone a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's always great uh, working with ISACA and the team at uh, ISACA. We've had a long uh, relationship across the planet, actually, speaking at so many events across so many different cities and countries. And I'm always learning at all of these uh, events. So I'm really excited about this conversation today and just been very passionate about uh, cybersecurity, you know, been at it for a very long time and um, very, very thrilled about the possibilities and the opportunities ahead. Great, great. So tell us about this CMMC. Uh, what, what is it? What does that even stand for? What does that mean? Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. So that's the formal uh, okay. definition, if you will, of the acronym. So Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. And I think it's uh, every once in a while there comes a standard that it's like, wow, it brings a lot of things together. And CMMC, I really see this as a great opportunity at multiple levels. It is from the Department of Defense. Uh, the DOD is uh, uh, the organization, the agency that developed the standard, obviously uh, working closely together with several entities. And it provides an opportunity for organizations, businesses to take their cybersecurity program to the next level brings a lot of credibility if an organization can say that they have met the requirements associated with CMMC. It is also a terrific opportunity for individuals, uh, professionals, IT professionals, cybersecurity professionals, those that might be in management, uh, information security officers, compliance officers, to study a new standard that is going to have a very significant influence, not just now, but as we look ahead to even 2030, five years from now, 10 years from now, I think you're going to see CMMC emerge as a standard that will impact not just government, federal government agencies, but state government agencies and also private businesses of all types and sizes across the country, across the world, actually. So very excited. Well, thank you. Uh, that's that's a very, very helpful uh, insight into CMMC. Now, it's my understanding, wasn't CMMC first came about uh, a couple years ago? Can you clarify, like, why has there been a delay on the full implementation? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, it was formally introduced in January of 2020. That is when version uh, one came out. And then there was a, if you will, a reset in November uh, last year, November 2021, when there were significant uh, updates made with CMMC version two. So version two has actually simplified things. 
and we can talk about that in a little bit more detail, but that's kind of what has, if you will, delayed things in terms of the actual uh, rollout of the formal standard and for organizations to comply and meet the uh, standard. So November 2021, so just a few months ago, version 2.0 was introduced. Organizations that are going to be uh, looking to get certified with the CMMC standard will be looking to certify with version 2.0. And I think over the next 12, 24, 36 months, you're going to see DOD contracts make it a requirement for some percentage over a period of time for businesses that do business with the Department of Defense to uh, make it a requirement for them to be CMMC certified. Going back to your question, uh, November 2021 is when version 2.0 had been introduced. And since then, the Department of Defense has released formal documents associated with the 2.0 standard that provides insight into how the CMMC assessments are to be performed at the various levels defined within the CMMC uh, standard, what those requirements are going to be. So that's all done. There's one uh, document uh, that uh, the Department of Defense is working on, and that's the last one. But essentially, all of the body of work required for CMMC, associated with CMMC assessments related to version 2.0 have now been published. Uh, so, Ali, in one of your articles, you mentioned uh, that the CMMC is going to be implemented through the CMMC rulemaking process. Can you describe exactly what that means? Yeah, so that rulemaking process is, first of all, the timeline associated with that is probably going to take about a year or maybe a little bit longer for everything to be formally defined with respect to what are the requirements associated with CMMC certification. And part of the reason for the timing is uh, because the Department of Defense, once it introduced the changes from version 1.0 to 2.0, the DOD had to introduce additional guidance documents and requirements associated with all of the updates that had been made uh, with respect to version 2.0. And then bring that out for the rulemaking process. So that may take about a year or 18 months. That's what the expectations are. But we've seen the DOD actually move really quickly with the documents that we had expected may take a few months to introduce were actually uh, released within a few weeks of the November 2021 announcement. So I think it's going to move a lot faster. Secondly, the DOD is also looking at incentives. So also during this period of a year or so that uh, organizations that do move forward and complete and achieve uh, CMMC certification, there will be incentives provided uh, for that. So I think we're going to hear more about that in the weeks and months to come. So that's really interesting that the DOD might be providing incentives. Do you have an idea like what what might be an, a type of incentive that they would offer? Yeah, so we are not sure about what the type of incentive might be. However, I think one of several reasons why there was significant changes between version 1.0 and 2.0 was that the defense industrial base, so that's another acronym, DIB, the defense industrial base, which reflects hundreds of thousands of organizations 
over 300,000 actually, that work with the DOD on con as contractors or subcontractors are directly impacted by the CMMC standard. And after version 1.0, I think the general response from the industry is that it would place a burden that would be significant on these small to medium-sized businesses to meet the CMMC requirements. So that's what had the DOD go back and take a look at the requirements associated with CMMC to kind of see how can they streamline things. And that's where the levels were reorganized. The organization of the CMMC standard was revisited uh, to make it less of a burden, if you will, uh, but at the same time ensure that the core requirements for cyber resilience were still baked into the standard. So that's a delicate balance that I felt the DOD had to, had to go through. And so the incentives are to offset some of, the, some of the costs, but we don't really know what those are at this point of time. Okay, interesting. What, what do you think, what would you say organizations should do to prepare for this? Because it seems like it's, it's um, not too far out in the future. So what should organizations be doing now? I'm so happy you asked that question uh, because one of the biggest changes from 1.0 to 2.0 is that the 2.0 standard is directly built on NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And more specifically, it's built on NIST Special Publication 800-171, uh, Revision 2, and built on NIST Special Publication 800-172. So organizations, even right now, should be looking very closely at these two specific NIST standards, 800-171 and 800-172, and understanding uh, what are the requirements that are defined in these bodies of work? Because the CMMC version 2 is directly aligned with these two specific NIST standards. So if I were in management or an executive or in compliance in a small, medium or large organization, one of the things I would do is I would probably perform a risk assessment to understand Am I meeting the requirements from a cybersecurity and a risk perspective as defined in 800-171? So start with 800-171, revision two, and there are 14 domains. That's how it's organized. Uh, there are 14 control families uh, in, defined in 800-171, and those align directly to the 14 domains defined in CMMC version uh, 2.0. So perform a risk assessment to understand how closely does your organization meet the requirements in 171? What are the gaps? And start to address those gaps so that when you do formally start on your journey to navigate the path to achieve CMMC certification at some point, let's say in 2022 or 2023, you've already made a lot of progress because you've met the requirements that are there in 171. Okay, thanks. That's that's really, really helpful and insightful. Yeah, and if I can add one more comment. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, because in CMMC 1.0, what they had done is, it was based on NIST, but they also added some additional, very specific additional requirements tied into meeting CMMC certification requirements. And that's the biggest change with 2.0 is that they've directly aligned it with 171 
and reorganize the levels. So CMMC 2.0 has three levels. Uh, CMMC 1.0 had five levels. So they've kind of simplified it and aligned it directly with NIST, which I think is was was really well done. Okay. Do uh, if someone wants to get a copy of the NIST or CMMC, are those free or do they have to be purchased? Uh, those are those are free. You can uh, you can Google, for example, NIST Special Publication 800-171. Just make sure you're looking at the latest version, the re revision two, when it comes to 171. And uh, I would encourage IT professionals, compliance professionals, cybersecurity professionals executives to at least, if nothing else, browse through the document, start to become more familiar with it. And a great initiative that an organization can pursue just to take some small steps in this journey to achieve CMMC certification is to perform a risk assessment to see how closely are we aligned with 171? Are there a lot of gaps? Do I need to do those? Because that will then emerge as priorities to remediate as an organization looks to formally achieve CMMC uh, certification. I think the other thing I wanted to add was that CMMC certification will add a lot of credibility. One of the areas that organizations struggle with is a question that executives and the board of directors is always asking, how do we know, how do we know that we've got a credible evidence-based cybersecurity program? And if an organization successfully achieves CMMC certification, it demonstrates that the organization does have an evidence-based program that has met the requirements that have come out from an entity like the Department of Defense with a new cybersecurity standard. And the other thing is that, you know, security is only as strong as your weakest link. And in today's world, the supply chain of third-party vendors and business associates is so important. We no longer live in a world that is flat. We are all in a global village, so to speak of. And CMMC is very, very focused on the supply chain aspect to ensure that there's cyber resilience at every link in that supply chain. So I think it brings a lot of credibility in terms of the capabilities of the organization if the organization were to successfully achieve CMMC certification in the near future. That brings up a, a thought. I, I was wondering, since you you know you have this background in cybersecurity, can you talk a little bit about what's the impact of some of these world events on cybersecurity? Like, for example, in the news, I mean, you turn on the news and you hear uh, about Ukraine, Russia, U.S. border security. Is there what is the connections between some of these world events and cybersecurity? Can you talk about that a little bit? Everything going on with Russia and China and Ukraine and, uh, you know, what we are finding is that there are cyber attacks that are taking place uh, besides the war between Ukraine and, and Russia and all of that. So I think we've got to be very cognizant of the fact that even though a business or an organization may have a reasonably good capabilities implemented with respect to uh, their cyber defense, but if you have dozens or hundreds of different vendors that you work with, and they are in different parts of the world. They may be in India, they may be in Philippines, they might be in other places in Ireland or other places on the planet. But if they don't have a good cyber security program, that impacts the quality of, of your program as well. And I think what organizations have to look 
very closely at are what are the assets? What are the assets in terms of systems that may be in the cloud or mobile devices, users, devices, because increasingly it's all over the place. There is no such thing as a perimeter anymore. Uh, the perimeter is global. And so organizations have to make sure that they've really baked in uh, security to mitigate the risk from this uh, global supply chain, if you will, in terms of cyber uh, cybersecurity. And there is another body of work that NIST has published, the NIST Cybersecurity Framework. This was version one, and it had been updated to version 1.1 under the Trump administration back in April of 2018. And one of the biggest changes that occurred in 2018 when the NIST Cybersecurity Framework had been updated to version 1.1 was specifically to look at the supply chain aspect of cyber risk. And so businesses have to pay close attention to the risk to their program from the vendors that they work with to ensure that that is reviewed closely. Now, going back to CMMC, so if every organization, let's just say in that supply chain is CMMC certified, now that gives a high level of confidence to the stakeholders that, you know, we've got a robust, resilient, I think that's the key word, a resilient program in place uh, to mitigate risk uh, that one might expect from threats that are global. And the threats that are global uh, are not insignificant given the sophistication of cyber capabilities that you find in countries like Russia and China and North Korea, for example. It can be a little scary and overwhelming when you think about uh, all these impacts and such. You know, one thing that specifically is mentioned uh, in your articles in the CMMC is about CUI. Can you explain what that is? And so what does that mean exactly? And, you know, how do I know what CUI is if I'm an organization? Yeah, so really good question. And I think to properly understand CUI, I'd like to take a kind of step back. And all of us are familiar with uh, that we come into contact, our business comes into contact with personal data or personally identifiable information, PII, or personal data, PD. CUI, controlled unclassified information. So specifically, when you look at CMMC, there are two data types that organizations have to be aware of federal contract information or FCI and controlled unclassified information or CUI. And so just like an organization today may come into contact with personal data or personally identifiable information, and those data types have to be protected, have to be secured because you cannot have incidents that compromise that type of sensitive information. Similarly, uh, when organizations are working with the Department of Defense or with actually other federal government agencies, they may come into contact with FCI, uh, federal contract information, or CUI, controlled unclassified information. Now, this is where the CMMC levels that have been defined in CMMC version 2.0 become extremely relevant. So if a business only comes into contact with FCI, then they have to meet the requirements of CMMC level one. That's the entry level into the CMMC architecture, if you will. If a business or organization comes into contact or processes or transmits or stores CUI because 
uh, CUI is regarded as much more highly valued than FCI, then they have to meet the requirements of CMMC level two. And there are three levels, like I had mentioned, that have been defined in the CMMC framework. And level three is designed to be focused on, because there might be business organizations that come into contact with assets that could be at a higher degree of risk. Risk from what? Risk from advanced persistent threats, APT, advanced persistent threats. So CUI that may be at a higher degree of risk because of the type of work that the contractor or subcontractor may be doing uh, with the Department of Defense, those may need to meet the requirements of CMMC level three. So level three is the highest level. Level one is the entry level. If a business organization comes into contact with FCI, they must meet the requirements of level one. And these levels are iterative, right? So if you have to meet the requirements of level two, it means you have to meet the requirements of level two and level one. And so if you come into contact with CUI and your organization is at a higher degree of risk because of APT threats, then you have to meet the requirements of CMMC level three. Now, where are all of these levels going to be defined in terms of what your organization has to be has to meet, that those are going to be in the DOD acquisition contracts, right? That's where it's going to spell out. In order to bid or win this contract, you have to make sure that your business organization has cyber capabilities that meet the requirements of CMMC level one, two, or, or three. So those are the three levels. And one can think of CUI, going back to your question, one can think of CUI and FCI as very similar in terms of the data type, uh, like an organization today comes into contact with PII or PD, they may come into contact with CUI or FCI, and that information must be protected, must be secured. Thank you, Ali. You're just a wealth of information. You know, we're we're almost out of time, so I wanted to be sure to ask you, uh, you know, I'm sure you're a fan of uh, beignets and jazz music and Tell us about the presentations you're doing in a few weeks at the North America conference and and uh, where it's located. Very excited about uh, New Orleans and uh, looking forward to it. And more than anything, you know, looking forward to the travel and meeting people, talking to people, learning from people who are going to be coming in from all over the world in New Orleans. It's going to be a great event in, in North America. I think we're going to have a global audience and um, I've got two presentations that I'm uh, preparing uh, hard for. Uh, one is uh, centered on CMMC to kind of walk the audience through and really uh, provide insight. I see CMMC as uh, an opportunity that comes every once, maybe in five or 10 years, uh, both for organizations to take their cybersecurity program to the next level, but also for individuals, for professionals, for, um, uh, you know, to learn more about this standard. And there, there is a certification associated with CMMC called the Certified CMMC Professional that's going to be launched in the fourth quarter of 2022. And there's another designation that's going to be introduced that follows that, uh, Certified CMMC Assessor or CCA. So for individuals, it's rocket fuel to add to your career and to take your uh, knowledge to the next level and apply it in the area of CMMC. The other topic I'm going to be presenting is on high trust. And high trust is very unique in the sense that it's regarded as a framework of frameworks. So 
If an organization has to comply with multiple federal and state standards, like let's say GDPR in the European Union or CCPA in the great state of California that I'm based in, uh, you're based in, uh, you know, you can address those multiple federal and state regulatory mandates by achieving certification with high trust. So that's my second talk. Uh, it's going to be on high trust, a framework of frameworks. And I'm really looking to share uh, insight uh, with the audience, kind of how do you navigate the path to achieve high trust certification and provide more insight on that. So excited about the two topics that I'll be presenting at ISACA North America in the great city of New Orleans. Wonderful. I'm excited as well. And I'm looking forward to getting some of that rocket fuel you mentioned. <laughs> so I'll be looking forward to uh, meeting you in person and, and going to your presentations. Well, we're out of time uh, for this segment, but thank you so much, Ali. It's just so insightful. I think we could uh, be talking for several more hours about all these um, details, but uh, we'll have to wrap up for today. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Kylene, thank you so very much for listening and really great, insightful questions. And at home, wife and kids don't listen anymore. So I'm always excited to have the opportunity to, to talk to uh, ISACA members. And, and you were really great with your questions. And I, I look forward to New Orleans uh, and the presentation there. Great. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Page to Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 